Welcome to Now You Know Podcast with Dominic Jeffries. Let's get it. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for joining me again. This is Dominic. I'm talking to Nick Sasich, a longtime friend, former high school coach, former strength conditioning coach. I've known Nick a long time, a lot of time to to chop it up and go over different things. And I just wanted to have an open conversation today, maybe not with one topic in specific, but in multiple topics. And I, I wanted to start off, I saw a tweet this morning that came from a coach, a high school coach. The tweet was from a parent or the message was from a parent and the coach retweeted it and said, spent all this money on travel teams and club baseball. Are you telling me, and this is what the quote said, are you telling me there's not one school in the country that uh, is going to offer my, uh, my son an opportunity to play at the college level? And I thought about that. What I think about it is a couple different things. So what I think about it is, yeah, there's definitely a college that will offer your son an opportunity to play. But the mentor, the person who was in charge for for building that bridge for you and your son, who who was that? Because uh, it sounds like not as much maybe your son failed through the process, but the process failed your son. And I think there's a lot of graduating seniors out there that are kind of going through the exact same thing right now, where they're graduating in two months, three months, and they've parents and themselves have put all this financial money in as well as as time and effort and there has nothing coming out of it and I, I I want to talk a little bit about do you think that's as much the club or do you think that's the the person who runs the clubs what do you think about that why is that kid not have an opportunity at this time I think it falls on all parties right like in the recruiting game in the baseball game there's no magic bullet right like because I play for this club doesn't mean that I'm going to go get recruited doesn't mean I'm going to have, you know, all these offers all of a sudden because I went and played in a couple tournaments, right? So, you know, I think all parties, I think all parties are guilty in that situation. Parents, club, club owner, right? And I think what it comes down to is just being able to define the goal and what's the, you know, what's the goal? What's the end result that we're looking for? And what's the, uh, what's the best fit for the kid? But I hate to say it somewhere along the line, I think this family, this kid was told, hey, if you play in this system, there will be a college opportunity for you at the end of the system. The reality is I think a lot of people get into club baseball, and I could speak to club baseball as obviously I've coached and had a club organization for 14 years, that <clears throat> I think a lot of people get into this, into club baseball, thinking that it's going to uh, it's gonna pay off in an athletic scholarship. But the reality is only 2 to 3% of all kids who play high school sports get athletic scholarship. You figure how many millions and millions of kids that play sports across the country, and only 2% are going to get those. And is that up your up your percentage getting into that club baseball does that make you maybe someone who's not in that two two to three percent to get into that two three percent just by playing club baseball I don't think it does the reality is colleges are taking the best kids and even the kids maybe that aren't fantastic colleges are still taking them so you can pay all that money which I watch parents just pay uh, handfuls of money out uh, absorbent amount of money that that in my opinion morally and ethically is not correct but I watch him pay all this money and then it comes graduation time and there's nowhere to go. Is it, in your opinion, is it worth getting into club baseball? Is it worth paying all that money? At least maybe being educated on the front end that, yeah, you can pay all this money, but it's probably not going to work out in the end. Yeah, I think, you know, all about setting expectations, 
right? And like, for example, if I was shopping around for my kid, I would want kind of what that up upfront contract sounds like, uh, what the process is, like where's my kid truly being evaluated, right? What's the emphasis on academics? Because as we know in the baseball world, the athletic money is very, very thin. So are we focusing on all those things? Are we truly going to find the best fit where he can play? Or is this like, I'm going to dump five grand a year, six grand a year into this every summer and just think that, you know, a division one is just going to come knocking on my door, right? Like there's two different mindsets. And, and I think, you know, it comes down to focusing on what the best fit for the kid is and having that true upfront contract. The reality in club baseball, especially larger clubs, there is a pyramid you have your top-level team, which is typically considered your national team. And for, for organizations that don't do national teams, it's there is an A team, rather you want to believe it or not, and there's a B team and C. And a lot of organizations have you know, 25 teams. Let's say you've got six teams in an age bracket, and you're on that low-end team. And you think that because you're in that club, you're in that organization on that low-end team, that you're going to get an opportunity to move on. I look at it as twofold. You can get in a club for development and practice and, uh, you know, a greater experience of baseball, which is awesome. But I also see a lot of people getting involved in these clubs who, you know, they've got 35 teams, 30 teams, and the reality is your son's on the third or fourth team in that level. And you think because they're on that third or fourth team that they're being or going to get an opportunity for sure to play at the college level or the next level. And that's not always true. The reality is that pyramid is there is a top team. Now, rather that's a national team or a local team, there is a top team. And typically, and not always, but typically those lower end teams, those ones that fill out the, the bottom part of the pyramid, are paying for those upper end teams. And I'm not sure parents understand that. No, I don't think so. I think they uh, consider it just under one umbrella, right? Like it's all the same thing. And it's unfortunately, it's it's just not the same. The looks those kids get really does depend on on that hierarchy, most people who are out looking, they know, right? They know who that, that tier A team is, and they know where the dudes are, you know? And I think the other factor that you mentioned that I found interesting that I think is lacking a lot is, yeah, there's these programs with all these teams. How much are they focusing on actual development, right? Like, what what piece does that play? It should be the whole piece, really. Or are you just signing up, paying a bunch of money, being thrown on one of these teams because I'm traveling, I think it's legit, I'm not practicing, I'm not getting any coaching, but I... I get my uniform and I show up and the roster's written and we go out and play, right? So I think that development piece is, is really, really important. So development to me is practice. Development to me is getting in the weight room. Development to me is working out three to four times a week within a facility with the coaching staff, um, really focusing on the details of baseball. It's hard for me to watch families, like you said, pay a significant amount of money to go play tournaments. I'm a believer that I'm not sure you get better in tournaments. I think there's experiences and things that happen within games and within tournaments that help your overall progression as a player or help your overall development. But really, if you talk to any coach, the development happens in the practice. The development happens in the winter inside the facilities. The development happens on the practice field. And the game is like the test, right? So if you look at baseball as the practice you're studying for the game and you study and you study and you study and then you go to the game that's the test but if you only take tests in theory if if you just pay the money you get your uniform and you show up to these tournaments and you're only taking the tests i'm not sure you're going to get a 
a lot better. Sure, you may get a little better and you may have some experience through repetitively being involved in that test. But I think where the growth comes, even in academics, right? I mean, it's pretty simple, right? This where you study is where you is when you get better. And I compare studying to the workout. I, I compare studying to the three to four times in the gym a week, uh, taking five, six hundred uh, swings a week, taking five, six hundred ground balls a week. That's the study. And I look out at a lot of these kids who who are involved in these clubs, and there's not a lot of studying going on. And that's not true to every club. There's a lot of great clubs out there that practice all the time. They develop, they develop, which I think is amazing. But the reality, there is some clubs out there that development is truly not their focus. Their focus is college placement and going to tournaments and hoping that those kids get seen at those games. And I'm not sure that that's happening a lot anymore. No, and, and, and I think where we have seen it the most which is shocking, right? Is like the 10, 11 U, 12 U, even 13 U, where these guys are going out and playing 80 plus, 100 plus games a summer. That's all fine and dandy, but like those are golden years for learning the fundamentals, learning the game, uh, understanding the game, developing your, your baseball IQ, starting to get a foundation of strength and conditioning, as well as everything else that goes into the game, right? And that's just lacking. And you don't get that by going out and playing that many games. And I think that's a huge huge downfall of the again not every but most of the club mindset Um, and then when the kids get to high school they're really not prepared they've played a lot of games but they haven't done anything to be ready for that next level I had a conversation with a coach probably and I think I've talked about this on a previous podcast I had a conversation with a coach maybe a month ago maybe a little more and he came up to me and he was so excited and he wanted to talk about his team to me great awesome I'm happy to listen and he mentioned that they're going to play over 100 games this summer And really, to be completely honest, that's when I was turned off on the conversation. I said to him, I said, you're going to play 100 games. How many times are you going to practice? His response to me was, well, we don't have a lot of time to practice because we're always traveling. Meaning, I think he was trying to impress me saying, hey, I have this team and we travel all over the country and play these games. And so they must be very good, right? And they may be good. I have no idea. But... What was the turnoff is that you do travel the country and play these 100-game schedule this summer, and in fact, you hardly ever practice. When kids get to high school, coaches want developed players. High school is not truly meant to develop players, right? High school is meant for players who are already developed, and yes, they may need additional development. Fair enough, right? The growth between, say, a freshman and a senior is massive, but the reality is high school coaches aren't looking to develop kids per se. They want kids to come into the program that are developed, and if you go play 100 games, I'm assuming that you're going to develop some things, but I'm not sure you're getting that core instruction, and we'll have these kids come into the program as they get older. They've played tons and tons of games, and they've played one position for these tons of tons of games and the reality is they're not that good and often they don't make their high school team or they never get in the groove of being an everyday player and it's hard for me to see that 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 people are paying extraordinary amount of money and not really getting developed and how do you change that model how do you how do you get that information out there that i would rather see that 10 11 12 u team practice 100 times and play 20 games. Is that possible to do or are we over the hill? Or are we too far too far around the corner to change that? It's a really good question and I, and I think there's there's some coaches and people out there with that mindset and, and at those younger levels their success is based upon or at least it should be based upon you know am I going to put these guys into high school or are they going to make their high school team right like that should be the mindset not winning the 
you know, the eight inch plastic trophy, you know, in every little tournament that we go and play, like, how am I bettering these kids for preparing these kids for the next level? So I don't, I don't know. I, I think it's split. I think the mindset is all over the board, really. I think there's some, some folks out there who let's saddle up and go play. And then there's others who, that we've seen, you know, it's just, I'm throwing out general generalities here, but we've seen them, you know, really focus on, Hey, like our goal is 100% to prepare kids to make their high school team. And I think that should be the the ultimate mindset because it's, it's, it's glaring as, as someone who was a head high school coach here in Utah for nine years, it was astonishing the amount of kids that you'd get show up to tryouts who didn't even know how to hold the bat right or throw or, or catch. Right. And like, these are things that should be taught and focused on from T-ball and they're just, they're just not right. So I think peeling back the onion a little bit, like it goes, it goes way further back than even, you know, 10, 11, you, how do you come to a high school tryout and not understand the game? How do you come to a high school tryout and not understand the level that high school takes? And it's not a criticism because I think that there's room for everyone to play the game. And I've always said that, but we see, like you said, a lot of kids showing up so unprepared and I feel, I feel bad in a sense because they don't know they're unprepared. That's the problem. If, if I knew I was unprepared, but I was going in to this tryout and I knew I wasn't where I needed to be and ended up saying getting cut. Okay, fair enough. But so many kids are coming in, but, and I I can't blame the kid, right? Because he just doesn't know. He doesn't know that maybe showing up to a tryout in Levi's and skateboarding shoes probably isn't going to work. He doesn't know, you know, that even the little things, right? Showing up to a tryout with, you know, in a t-shirt, baseball pants, no socks and no hat, those, those little things. And I feel horrible about it because I feel that somewhere along the line, that kid was, that kid, that somebody failed that kid. Somebody failed that family by putting them on the right track. And I don't believe everyone's destined to be a great baseball player or a great athlete, nor do I care. I think, but I think the education of what it takes to become something is so important in the early years. Rather, it's a, a baseball player, a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, whatever it is. You have to be prepared for what you're going into. You can't go into war without being war ready. And that's happening so much. And I don't want to, you know, I definitely don't want to blame anyone because I'm not sure anyone's to blame for it other than the culture that we've created within this baseball. Everybody thinks they need to play comp and travel baseball. Everybody thinks they need to play club baseball. That's not true. If you're good, you're good, right? You do not have to play on a club to get a college scholarship. You do not have to play on a club to to get noticed by colleges. You have to do the right things. So is there room for comp baseball? Is there room for rec baseball? Is there room for kids who just want to have fun without pressure? I'm not sure that sports anymore comes without pressure. And when these kids get cut, when these kids don't make it, they feel so stressed. They walk out of the gym crying. They're so upset, but they never had a chance in the first place because they weren't prepared properly. And, and, and that bothers me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like that's your, you're hundred percent correct. And that's, that's the tough part is, you know, when they start going into, you know, city league or rec league or whatever, it's fun and it should be fun. It's a, it's a child's game, right? Uh, some just, are good enough and fortunate enough to end up getting a paycheck to do it down the road. But that's such a small, small portion of baseball players. Um, So I think, you know, defining, figuring out 
what do I actually want to do with this early on is important. But I mean, what are you going to do? Ask a seven-year-old like, hey, what do you what do you want to do with this, right? Like for me, when I was that age, uh, whatever season it was in, that was my favorite. That was my favorite sport. So basketball season, I was going to be a basketball player. Baseball, the same. Football, the same, right? So, and I think that's how it should be. But at some point when, and maybe this is a question for you, Dom, but like when when does that switch need to be flipped to, all right, this is serious. This is full go. I need to seek out the development that I really need to be prepared. Well, I think first I want to identify or talk about, you said it's a child's game. I don't think baseball is a game anymore. I think baseball and youth sports is a business. I think we've lost the direction of it being a game game to me. Like if I think of game game is fun and I'm not saying youth sports aren't fun that I'm not blowing up youth sports by any means, but so much pressure has been implied in youth sports that I'm not sure it is a game. There's people that are so involved, so over the top, so invested. And typically it's the people outside the fence. Yes, the players are feeling a lot of pressure. Yes, the parent or the players are are struggling when they have a bad day, etc. But I think that pressure comes from externally. So I'll we'll touch on that a little bit later. But I'm I'm not sure that youth sports is a game anymore. And I think for the kids who, when it's time to turn that switch, I think that's a little different for everybody. I'm not always convinced that the player wants to turn the switch. I, I think a lot of times the switch comes from external pressure because all his peers at school have started to play for a club team or a travel team or, you know, his dad or his mom wants him to do this. There's also, you gotta, you gotta account to the, what I call parent peer pressure too. Well, Johnny's parents have him in this so we have to put him in this or her in this because we have to keep up with Johnny's family we've got to do what they're doing because they know what they're doing if we don't match what they're doing we're going to be left behind and there's kids who I don't think they want to turn the switch I think they want to have fun I think they want to play I think they want to enjoy the game and not jump into that pressure role now for a kid who does thrive on that and does want that greater experience that more that more intensive experience I think that comes just with their nurture, right? Their growth when they're ready for it. Another conversation I had with a dad, he's got a seven-year-old and asked if I'd be interested in starting a seven-U comp travel team. I told him absolutely not, that that was one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard in my life, that that kid should be doing nothing but going out and have fun. And he said, well, my kid's pretty advanced. He, he plays up. Great. That's, that's great. And that's awesome. And that's, that's really cool for him but he's seven. So I think it comes just with time and when the kid's ready. But I also think there's a finite deadline that it's too late to turn the switch, right? Meaning seventh, eighth grade, if you're not already in in the game, developing, doing more, you're probably not going to make your high school team unless you go to a lower level high school, which, right, there's high schools. The reality is they don't cut anybody. Everybody makes a team, which is great, right? It gives everyone opportunity to play and they're just not that competitive, which is fine. It doesn't matter. But that switch needs to be turned when it's time to turn that switch. But I do believe there's a deadline on when that switch can be turned. You can't be a ninth grader and all of a sudden, oh, I'm deciding I'm going to be all of a sudden a kid who works out all the time and tries to make the high school team. Yeah, I think that's, again, you're, you're spot on with that. Um, and you see it all the time, right? Like you see it all the time where, yeah, my, my kids advanced and, and they're just bigger, stronger, faster than everyone at 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old. But what it comes down to is is ultimately kids catch up right? Like nature catches up. And then you see that kid all of a sudden get passed because 
he didn't develop the way he should have because he wasn't focusing on the right things. He was focusing on being the 11 year old home run champ. And that just doesn't carry over, right? The, the skills increase, the, the game gets infinitely harder, the older you get. So yeah, that's great. Seven year old who's playing up. Awesome. But what are you focusing on with him? Are you still focusing on the core of the game, the basics, developing everyday skills, just the little things in the game, right? And I think that's another piece too, that because my kids advance, we, we're going to not focus on that development and keeping them on the right path. We're going to focus on getting them on a better team uh, who goes to more tournaments, who wins more games, who wins more trophies. It's interesting to see those really dominant kids that are young. Like you said, very few of them will roll over to be that very dominant kid in high school. And does it happen? Yeah, for sure it happens. But I see so many of those kids playing for multiple teams or they're always filling in for different teams on different weekends, going to different tournaments. And it comes back to me as I can't imagine the amount of money those parents are paying. Even if that team's like, hey, come play for us. We won't charge you, right? You're going to fill in for us. Great. It's free. Well, it's not really free, right? Because the parents got to pay for hotel. The parents got to pay for travel, gas, food, all that stuff. They're paying this exorbitant amount of money. Once again, the kid's really not getting a lot of development because he's playing for every team because every team wants him because typically if they have him, he hits three or four home runs every weekend. He always you know, pitches the championship game and no one can hit him, etc. And I don't care who's listening. I think every single person out there can think of at least one person one kid that is that kid. And I don't blame the kid. Once again, that's not a kid's issue, right? That's a parent issue. Why not save that money? Why not invest that money into into development? If you want to keep your big kid on track, because the reality is typically that oversized big athletic player doesn't have to work a lot because he's so dominant. He's so successful. But you said it perfect. Now everyone catches up. The little guy who was just kind of a little grinder, worked his butt off, went to practice, worked out all week. At some point, that kid typically catches and often will pass that big kid who was that 10, 11, 12-year-old. What if parents, what if there was the idea of that, okay, we want our kid to be successful. We want him to go out and play and win, which is great. Fair enough. Everyone wants to win. But let's put more money into his development, keeping him up to speed, keeping him uh, in, 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 in the workout center, in the weight room, taking reps, doing that type of stuff, instead of playing for two or three teams and playing every single weekend. It goes back to the idea that I'm not sure you get better doing that. But you go out and you get praise and everyone says, oh, we got this kid this weekend. We're going to win for sure. And you hit your fifth home run and all the parents want to take pictures. Amazing stuff. Not mad at it, not hating on it. I'm just not sure. Once again, you're setting that kid up for success. If you want to challenge that kid, challenge him in the weight room. Challenge him in practice. Challenge him with you know, his footwork and agility and speed, right? Like those those are all challenges that most people just turn away from because I can I can hit really well. I throw really hard for my age. I'm bigger than everyone. I'm stronger than everyone right now. But that doesn't carry you, right? Like that's that's a, you know, you're you're in a sprint. You're sprinting in a marathon, I should say. It just it doesn't last. It doesn't carry on to the next level. So, you know, my advice, my thought there is focus on what is going to matter 2, 3, 4, 5 years from now. Is it going to be his home run trophy from this summer, I mean, great, awesome, right? Like, that's that's a great thing to have and celebrate. But long game, no, no. What, what's gonna, what it's going to come down to is what am I investing in making him an athlete, right? Make, make him an, a better athlete. Make him stronger. Make him faster, you know? Make him push himself in ways that aren't baseball, right? So much carries back into the game of baseball, softball, football, whatever, from, you know, 
the strength conditioning side, the just the the practice side, the skill set side. Like that's boring for some kids. It's so boring, but it's the most important thing you could do. I don't need to lift weights. I'm I'm 12. Well, yeah, you probably don't need to jump under a a bar and try to squat 200 pounds, but I need to learn to. I need to learn how to squat. I need to learn how to, you know, build my core, build my legs, and continue to develop my game as I grow so I'm right on track. The word investment. What are families investing in? So obviously I want to be unbiased about this as I can. And, you know, I've always been very transparent. I've run a baseball club team for, like I said, 14 years. And I always like to get unbiased feedback. What What are parents investing in? Why, why are they paying money? to be part of a club or an organization that travels around in let's let's talk high school let's not talk youth what 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 are parents paying for what should they expect on their return on investment i think the mindset of most parents and i i I could be wrong right i'm generalizing but just from my experience with with you know our club here and and playing other clubs and just seeing the landscape it's my kid's gonna get recruited he's gonna go to college because he's on this team right because he's on this team he should be labeled as recruitable, right? Well, what, is, what does that mean, right? Like what, what is he going to bring to my program as a college coach that's going to differentiate him from the, the 30 other shortstops that have sent me video, right? Like I think digging into those things is ignored because of the, the name on the front of my jersey and the, the dollar amount that I'm paying. And I, I, I really, really think that the more money I pay, I better be getting what I pay for, which is, in my opinion, nine times, eight times out of 10 is a scholarship opportunity or a, a roster opportunity at, at, a, at a college. But that's not, that's not necessarily true. What if you're on that second, third, or fourth tier team? You're not going to go to, and, and, and I'm, I'm glad to see coaches or college coaches are returning to tournaments because through COVID it was pretty desolate, right? Like the reality was um, a lot of colleges couldn't travel. They, they were on restrictions. The funding wasn't there. There was a lot of things that went in play where, where during, you know, the last two years, it's been a bit of a struggle as far as coaches even getting out and recruiting, which now I see that's picking back up and it's great. But I see so many players and families invest in a jersey or invest in something that they think is going to allow them to jump barriers to get that athletic scholarship. So let's just say, you know, every all the big clubs, they say, okay, we have a national team, which they do. And those national teams are always phenomenal players. They're Division One guys. They're big. They're strong. They're fast. They're tooled up. They are legitimate collegiate prospects. But what if you're on that third or fourth team and you're not going to, say, those big national event tournaments? Well, sure, you still get to go to tournaments. You still do that. And I always challenge parents. You know, I think when you go to a tournament, look around and see – what college coaches are there. Look around and see if there are college coaches are there. Because a lot of times the tournaments you're attending, there's not college coaches there. And if there is, there's two or three of them and they're spread out over uh, 10, 12 different fields. And let's just say they're at that field that day. You better have a great day that day, even to say two or three innings. And what if you don't, right? The chances of, of being seen by a collegiate coach, especially when you're on that second, third, fourth tier team is so slim 
So then why ask you again, why are parents paying that money? Because they're paying as much money as everyone else, but really their opportunity to, to succeed, their money, the return on investment could be used so much better in a different, uh, uh, in a different outlet, a different way of getting their kids exposure. So is it a peer pressure thing? Is it a parent pressure thing? Because I absolutely know kids, even in our, in our local environment who are playing for teams and paying so much money, the reality is they're not going to get a return on investment out of it as they could if they invested that money in a different way. Why are, I, I, I just got to answer the root question. Why are families doing it? What's at the root of it? I think, I think perception is reality, right? And in, in the perception of being on a club team and paying a lot of money is that's your end result. So, the, I mean, ultimately that's what I think the, you know, the, the, the peer pressure, all that stuff, like you said, well, you know, my friend and, and, and his friend and, I think my kids just as good as them and they're on this team. So, you know, why shouldn't, why shouldn't I invest in this for my kid and give him those same opportunities? But you're right. The reality of that situation is what am I doing up front in, in those conversations with my club? And am, am I, do I have this dream of being a division one guy with no chance of that whatsoever? Am I being promised that I'm going to get some division one looks right? Like in, in all the years that we, you know, have gone to tournaments and stuff like that. I, I can think of maybe, a handful of guys that have gotten talked to at tournaments from coaches. Most of those relationships are built over years and years of seeing film. Maybe they've seen them play once or twice, but they're, they're, you know, tracking growth. They're tracking grades. They're, they're talking to different people about this kid, about his attitude. It's not like, you know, uh, you know, there's all those reality shows now, like love at first sight and all those, all those, (laughs) all those dumb shows. But I think like that is the culture that we live in is we expect to show up one day and it's going to be love at first sight. I'm going to sign on the spot and, and here I go. And I think what is lacking is the education of the entire process. Recruitment is a process. It, it takes years. It takes time. It takes development. It takes relationships, all that stuff. You know, so I think education and, and tempering, tempering those um, expectations about going to, you know, these certain tournaments or playing on these certain teams is going to get me my end goal, you know, and also, also like to defend the clubs, like a lot of the recruitment process should be being done by the player and the parent. And I think there needs to be education on what that truly is too. It's, it's not always up to one coach or one club to provide you those opportunities. And I think that's another education gap too. That's, that's definitely out there. I saw kids this year that play on club baseball teams that got cut from their high school team. I don't understand that. Historically club baseball was designed for the developed player, at least the player who was going to make his high school team. So how are these kids, and I'm not mad at the kids, and I'm not hating on the kids in any way, shape, or form. I'm just confused. How are these kids on these clubs, social media, posting, I did this, I did this, I did this, and they're hashtagging or at these colleges, and they got cut from their high school team? I, I definitely don't have never claimed to be the know all of how to get into college by any means, but I'm fairly confident that if you can't make your high school team, you can't play college baseball. Maybe there's been some outliers for whatever reason here or there, but the reality is if you can't make your high school team, I'm not sure the, the investment of trying to play at the collegiate level is a good investment. It's so confusing to me. If a kid came to me and said, hey, 
I want to play club baseball. I want to play at the collegiate level. And I said, what high school do you play for? And he says, I didn't make the high school team. I'm going to be extremely upfront. I'm going to be extremely honest. And I'm going to say, if you can't make your high school team, there is a high probability that you do not and will not have the opportunity to play college baseball. I don't blame the kid. Somewhere along the line, the kid was told he is better than he is. The kid was given information that was incorrect. The kid was not informed that his skill set is not good enough, just not to make high school, but to make college. Why can't we be honest? Why can't we tell kids up front? Why can't we tell families up front the truth, the reality? It's, I think it's more damaging to lead a family on and lead a kid on. And then when he gets to that test day, he fails horrifically because he wasn't told up front. The reality is he's not good enough to pass the test. It aggravates me. It's frustrating. It's, um, it's, and it's sad for the kid, right? It is sad for the kid. And I don't blame the kid. I think there's, you know, we've seen so many of those situations, but what it comes down to again is, the development piece, right? Like we, we've seen kids who've told us that story, but we'll evaluate them. We'll offer them chances to develop if they're an eighth grader, ninth grader, um, sometimes even a sophomore, even though it's, that's getting a little late in the game, if they're close, right? If they have some tools that we can help develop, that's what they should be focused on. Like going to play for a quote unquote pop-up club team, um, again, because there's a, a name brand associated with it. I mean, do your research, right? Like I'm not going to pay thousands of dollars again to buy this logo. That's not going to get me anywhere. Right. But there's a perception that it will, or there's a perception. I can go back to my high school coach come the end of February and say, Hey, all summer I played for this team. I made this team and play this team. Well, you didn't try out. You, you got a paycheck or you gave them a paycheck and you're given a, a roster spot. And, and there's a, there's a huge disconnect there. And Unfortunately, the moral thing would have been to to have that conversation about the skill set and it not being there and focus on what can we do to get you there. But that's the gap because, again, it comes down to the business aspect. It's not a game where, you know, Dom, as as you put it, it's very much uh, a business. So if I have 15 teams and everyone's paying me three grand for the summer, it's a lot of cash, right? Uh, I mean, I'm not speaking for everyone, but there are those out there. So it's like, yeah, I'm going to capitalize on every everyone who wants to play baseball um, because I'm going to collect that paycheck. And at the end of the day, that's that's what matters. But it's it's taking advantage of, of a situation that needs to be invested elsewhere. Then the answer to that is people say, well, the parents should have known. The parents should have understood that this is what it is. Okay, and I agree with that. But what if the parents were never educated in what this is? What if the parents don't understand what it is? What if the parents weren't given the insight based on the parent-to-parent peer pressure or just the environment they're in or just simply the lack of not knowing? The reality is there's a lot of things that I could be invited to do I don't know anything about, but because someone else is doing it and it looks good, I'm going to do it without doing my research. I'm on a, a mission, if you will, to at least educate families and players of it is what it is. Now, I don't care if you play club baseball. I don't care if you sign up. I don't care if you play $100,000. It is it is what it is, and that's okay. Not mad at you, not hating on you. I think it's great. Do what you can do. 
But I think when it comes back to the the return on investment, if you're going to pay that type of money, hopefully you're getting something back. And your end goal may not be getting a scholarship. Your end goal may just be getting your child involved. Your end goal may be just developing your child. Your end goal may be getting your kid off the couch and off his video games, which is great. And that's an awesome return on investment. And in fact, that return on investment is probably going to play a, a greater dividend than I want my kid to get an athletic scholarship. So I love that idea of going out and playing and being involved, but I also feel that going out and playing and being involved needs to be educated. You have to know why you're doing it, and it doesn't matter the reason. It's not for anyone else to judge why you're doing it, but I think it's important to understand why you are doing it. And in fact, if you are doing it and why you're doing it, you have the research and the, and, and the backbone and the basis to, to, to understand that that investment is going to get you something. Good stuff today, Nick. I appreciate you joining me on this. Uh, look for me and Nick to be putting out some episodes on some different things and different topics that I think are going to be key to education, key to learning. You can catch myself on uh, Twitter at Coach D. Jeffries. You can see us on Instagram at Mindset Performance 2022. Nick, any, uh, any shout outs or information you want to pass on? No, just a pleasure to be here. Um, looking forward to many more, right? We're all trying to help each other out. Uh, we, we just need to strive to be a little bit better every single day. And that's, that's what we're here to, to hopefully help and educate on. So appreciate the opportunity. This episode is brought to you by Mindset Performance. You can find us at mindsetperformance.mykajabi.com. I've got a six-part recruiting seminar there that if you use the word podcast, you get $100 off. Go and check it out. Good opportunity for parents and players to learn a proper way to get recruited without spending thousands of dollars. 